Amen. Father, we thank you this morning. We ask for the grace to persist, the grace to push in these 14 days of separation, in these 14 days of consecration. In Jesus' name, amen. Please have your seats. The Lord bless you. Before we rise up to pray, even as we have begun praying, let me share briefly with you something that could fundamentally change how you begin to or continue to relate with God. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 3. The essence of sharing with you this scripture is so that you begin to operate from this mountain with a different spirit. Amen. When God called Moses, one of the things that could be said about him, I mean, after that he has served God, was that he was faithful. Uh, Verse 5. And Moses verily was faithful. Can you see that? And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant. Beautiful. And Moses verily, that is truthfully, or truly was faithful. He was loyal in all his house. When Moses served God, God didn't have any house. He had a tabernacle. So, the Bible isn't really talking about like a house. It meant that Moses was faithful in the things that God gave him to do. Do you understand? In the things that God gave him to do, Moses was faithful. And then the Bible describes him as a servant. I need to ask myself, even as I serve God, whether I am faithful in all the things that God has assigned me to do as a servant. Do you understand? And then the Bible says, for a 
testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. Today I stand here and I'm speaking after. So his faithfulness in the things that God had asked him to do has made it possible for me to share with you a testimony of faithfulness, of faithfulness of Moses. Listen, um, Friday, Friday, no, Friday late afternoon, I came across an obituary. I don't know if you know an obituary. And it is the obituary of a friend of mine who we lived in the same cubicle together. When I was in high school, by the way, my brother was also my roommate. I don't think I've ever said it. <laughs> he was also my roommate. Not that he was in... No, no. the first year, we were in different houses. He was in house three. I was in house two. He was in um, Eggman house. I was in Clark house. That's house two. And then, um, second year, we moved to cubicles. Now, I know... There are some dormitories, they just look like this place. Then they just put bank beds, you know. Um, in our house, we call it like dormitories. Yes. At a point, you get tired of commoner living. So you just want one room to two or three of you. So I think second year or so, we moved to a cubicle. Uh, that one you live in. Two, three, four of you can live in one room. So my brother was my roommate plus this guy, you know, and then form three as well. So I knew him, you know, I knew him, someone I knew. So I'm looking at this obituary and he's, he was being buried the next day. So I was just seeing it for the first time that ah, this guy is dead. And then he dawned on me. He, he's, they were going to do his funeral in a Catholic church. When we were in, on campus, he never even went to church. He didn't even like going to church. But then he's going to be buried, and they are stating the church where his funeral was going to be held. And then it dawned on me how important the church is in people's lives, but they live all their lives in total disregard. They don't bother with the church until they die. Then one Catholic priest is going to be forced or catechist or whatever is going to be forced to conduct the funeral. But that wasn't even the main thing. The main thing was, at some point he was in America. I knew he was in America. He was doing this, then back to Ghana, there. And then I asked myself, what happens to his labor? Everything he's had, everything he's built, 
whatever money he has. What happens to all that? I'm relating from the angle that this is someone I knew. So, I'm asking myself a lot of questions. What will be his reception from this world or his reception in the other world? Who will welcome him? Will his person be accepted in the presence of God? So I began to ask myself and I realized that everything is useless. Everything is useless. You know, you argue with it. You argue with it. You argue with it until somebody who is so immediate to you passes. Because when the person passes, you realize that everything is useless. It's a truth I know, but it's a truth that keeps repeating itself. If you like, abandon God. Go and work for millions. One day you will die. Have millions, not in shillings. Have millions in dollars. We are all looking for that. You know, I wanted to do something in Ghana the other day. And um, so I sent somebody to... <laughs> okay, let me not go there. You like, you like, you like sweet stories. Huh. If you like, go and work and get millions of dollars. Say God is not relevant. God is not important. What is this thing? You're wasting time. The day the icy fingers of death drags you, only the living will see this particular truth that nothing matters. Because why should somebody with so much money die? You will see clearly that nothing matters. That is why anything you do and it's amazing how people call themselves Christians but can't see it. If you like, add 40 years to your current age. By the time, or 30 years, by the time you add four, or let's, okay, let's, let's be very generous. Add 50 years to your, so your age plus 50. We will all not be here. And we're all going somewhere. But you see that from here, the destination becomes two. You will either spend all of eternity in the presence of God, or you will spend all of eternity away from God's presence, which itself, for one that he's created is enough punishment that you, you see, we came from God's presence into this world and we are supposed to return back to the one who created us. And then the one who created you says, when you are returning, pass 
that other way and go here. I don't want to see you. That itself is enough torture that a soul created by God is not going to live all of eternity in his presence. The reason we we will rejoice in his presence is because we came from his presence. I listen to me. In, um, we'll come back to Hebrews, but the NASB of a scripture in um, Ecclesiastes says that God has put eternity into our hearts. The reason we think of life after is because when God was creating you, he took a little bit of eternity and then he put it in us. That is why even people who don't believe in God, they know that there's something thereafter. Is because he's put eternity in the hearts of the sons of men. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So, the Bible says he has made everything appropriate in its time. He has also set eternity in their heart. Then he says, without that, mankind will find out the work which God has done from the beginning even to the end. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Yes. He set eternity in our hearts. Whether you believe or you don't believe, do you get it? So, knowing that we will exit this life and that there will be a testimony to be spoken of. So now, when my work is done and one day it will be done, I don't know when, but one day it will be done, will they say that I was faithful? Will it be said that I served God faithfully in all his house like Moses. Please go back to Hebrews. Are you listening to me? Verse 6. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. So, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? So, we are the house of Christ. And he's purchased us With his own blood. That's why we belong to him. We are his house. That's why you can't use your body anyhow. It's not your house. Do you understand? And then you see that Paul in uh, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, he stresses on how we are the temple of the living God. Do Do you get it? So, and you are truly his house 
If you hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. The thing is about running this race eh, to the end. <laughs> That's why I tell people, Charlie, if you won't run the race, get out now. Don't waste your time. Do, do you get it? Yeah. You must tell yourself the race is to the finishing line. Yeah. In Hebrews 10, God says, My soul shall have no pleasure in him that turneth back. So, for a while you are a Christian. Some of you, you for a while you were a Christian. Then you became Muslim. Then you became Christian. Then you became a cow drinking blood, cow blood drinking person. Then you became, I, I mean like you don't know where you want to stand. Do you understand? The thing is to the finishing line. Yes. I will serve God till I die. I must die serving God. That's the goal or should be the goal of every Christian. Not midstream or somewhere in the middle. Now they look at you and you, 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 you are even taking the decisions of an unbeliever. They look at you now, you are marrying somebody's husband. They look at you now, you own an abortion clinic. It's hot. And I see that that's the life of many. People can run the race to the finishing line. Our form of Christianity is very wanting. Yeah. And that's because a lot of us just want to use God. Yeah. Want to use God. You want to use God to make your life better. You want to use God to, you know, get the money that you can't get even if you work for. So you need a supernatural force. Because God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ever ask or think. So I know that it is possible. Do you understand? But then to not serve God because you love him, do you get it? Is a problem. And that's what lead people to where I'm trying to teach you in a jiffy to avoid verse 7 so now here begins uh, here begins the steep up or steep down wherefore as the holy ghost saith today if ye will hear his voice harden not your hearts the biggest problem with us is our hearts are hardened. When you look at them, I'm, you see I'm using the word them, the pronoun them. Mm. They look so soft. 
They look so nice. They look like they are acquiescing to what you are teaching. Go beyond the smiles and go beyond the roundness of their face and go beyond their white teeth. There is a heart that is hardened. I think if I never taught or teach and I finished my ministry, I would have really regretted. <laughs> I thank God I stopped screaming. Kitambo. <laughs> now I'm very happy when I'm teaching. <laughs> oh yeah. Only that their hearts are hardened. Hardened hearts. Go beyond. The Holy Ghost is speaking today so, the writer is giving you, Charlie, 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 the Holy Ghost has said, if you hear his voice today, harden not your heart. This is the greatest problem of many. I have taught many things. I think I'm one of the few teachers with plenty messages. I have taught and then taught and then taught and totter and taught. Any word you can use for teach, I have done it. But then the problem is hardened hearts. So it made me, and I realized this problem some time ago, so it made me go into biblical study about the hardening of hearts. I've even written it in my books. Yes. And I I discovered in the scripture that usually hearts are hardened by one or two factors. God is included. The individual is included. But then the purpose of hardening is for distraction. So when you walk in God with a hardened heart, as here, God, you don't know this way. I'll go that way. You do this. You see, you are being set up for distraction unknown to you. For you, you are mama's stubborn Toto or whatever. That's what you are. But you see, the essence of hardening is for distraction. Because hardening leads to provocation. In fact, I've jumped. Hardening leads to unbelief. And unbelief leads to provocation. Are you here? not your heart. There isn't anything I have taught. Oh, I have taught all. I have counseled. I have advised. The problem is hardening. And you see, what I don't understand is 
why hardened people still think that somebody owes them anything. I think that's where the provocation comes from. Because he's talking about the people. And he's talking about the people just like us. Are you following? Yeah, he's talking about the people. And he's talking about the people just like us. Like, he's my son. Let's say he's my biological son. Nothing I've said that he would do. Nothing, 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 nothing. And then the same hardened son thinks that I owe him the world. Well, I don't. I don't. And that's how we have related with God. God, you talk, 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 but I won't do. The one you have pronounced your majesty, I won't do. Then you come, ayaba, 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 ayaba. Lord, send a cat to my house. Adulaba. And then he's looking at you and saying, is it not the same stubborn, hardened guy? Now look, he's making noise. He's making noise. Like, you are so stubborn in the house. I've locked my bedroom. Do you understand? The, the instruction I gave you the previous day, wash the car. When I got down, you didn't wash the car. Do you understand? I went up and locked my... Now, the stubborn child or son is at my door knocking. Daddy, daddy. I said, what is it? So, I'm about to go out. I need 500 shillings. I sent you. Wash my car. You didn't wash my car. The car is still dirty. But he's here banging at my bedroom door. He's demanding for 500. And I must give him the 500. Whether I like it or not. You see, you can push your father. But you can't push your father God. I saw one young man. Should be last year. I think, uh, I think they were Nigerians or something, but in the States now. And the mother took a video. They live in a very beautiful house. I mean, to live in a house like that in the U.S., you must be doing well. <laughs> and the boy went on rampage. A height like that of Pascal, I think. And he went on rampage in the house, breaking everything in the house. Breaking like he was like turning the whole house upside down. And the mother was taking a video. He took television, broke it down. He like nothing the boy didn't break. Chairs broken. Like I mean anything breakable, he was breaking them. He was on a rampage. And then with a mother helpless. That he asked them for what they didn't give him. He, he asked for something. Is it to go and renew his driving license or something? They didn't give him. He went on rampage. They brought an uncle. Boy, say, oh, come, let me talk to you. Let's, can we talk? Can I approach? He was breaking things in a way that you wouldn't even go near him. And with a mother that is helpless, bed broken, everything breakable, glass, everything. Is it a sin that they took you from poverty reading? 
part of the world and translated you to another world so you can have a better life and your reward is if you don't give me, I will break things. That's how entitled we are when it comes to God. I will not do your will, but you will do my will. That's strong. I will never do your will. God, you say I should go here. I won't go. But you, God, you are subservient to my will. What is my will? Send me money. Send me money. Send me husband. Send me children. Send me cars. Send me plenty money. That is my will. God, you must do it. Okay? In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen. Wow. This is the greatest problem and it has the effect. It stops you and I from entering what the writer describes as his rest. You can call his rest his promise. So harden not your heart as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness. So he's referencing a day of provocation, and I'll show you something. A day of provocation was something that happened at the waters of Meribah. So, when he talks about the hardening of heart, he's quoting an incident in the past. Move on, verse 9. And I'll take you to that incident in a GV. We get up and pray. When your fathers tempted me. So, they had fathers. And their fathers tempted God. People know they fear. And saw my works. 40 years. So I stand as a pastor and I'm wondering, I think people want to see 40 years of my life. I used to remove my gray hair. I used to remove them. I I kind of felt I'm too young to have gray but I was also thinking the other day, maybe it's the, because they don't see gray hair, they think I'm still a small boy. So I've decided to leave it. Maybe when they see gray hair now, they will say that, ah, he has some experience. Let's listen to him. Yeah, I'm trying to still apply every means. I used to pull out all my, so I naturally have a black. When I go to the salon, they ask me, have you put dye? I've never put dye in my hair. It doesn't look nice. When I see people put that, it looks like they, they just drew. <laughs> but now it's turning white. So I'm thinking maybe the blackness of my hair, do you understand? Makes them, some, some of them, Kohana thinks I'm his age mate. Yes, and other people here think I'm their age mate. So, I'm saying, let me, now, I, I won't even bother. Let me leave it. So, when it, maybe now when I talk, to so, Muse, I'm a Sema. Do you understand? 40 years, these people will not listen to God. 40 years. God said they saw my works 40 years. 
There are people who have been in this church who have seen my labor of many years. You would think that they would rather see and then see beyond and know this is what God is about. No, 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 no. It's so reading this, God said, me, my works. They saw it 40 years. But there was a problem, which is what I'm sharing with you. Because if you don't get rid of that problem, it doesn't matter what you do. If you like scream, if you like, when we are praying, jump, hold this metal and be dangling and praying. If you like, do it. It won't change anything. Unless something begins to change in our hearts. And that's what I'm addressing with you. Verse 10. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation. God said he was very sad. He was very angry at that generation and said, they do always err in their hearts. These guys, they are always erring in their hearts. (laughs) Switch to NLT. They are looking at me like I've committed sin. They, their hearts always turn away from me. Look what he said. So I was angry with them. And when your father is angry, I know you, you don't care. I know you don't care. If Mose wants to be angry, let him be angry. After a while, you get over his anger. That's your attitude. Okay. And God said, but what you don't know is that an angry father has powers. The powers fathers have is not given to mothers. Let's, let's, be, let's be sincere. <laughs> Read your Bible. How many times any child went to a mother and said, Mother, bless me. Yes. I, 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 I see that on weddings... Um, they make mothers bless their daughters. You should go to your father and say, Father, bless me. You're going to live with a man, not with a woman. Do you understand? Yeah, you go and say, Father, bless me. Your mother is blessing you and she has seen the afflictions of her own marriage. You need a father's blessing and blessings are given to fathers. You understand? That's why I came here and I don't understand why a woman will cook food and stand over the table and bless the table and there is a man sitting there. Everything is just upside down. If there is a man sitting at the head of the table, he has the priestly authority to bless Anyway, you are marrying unbelievers, so how would they pray? Yeah, you have married an unbeliever. He doesn't uh, do what you want to do. Let's eat the food. Yes. So, an angry father, you, you may not take it seriously, has powers. And there are supernatural powers given to fathers. Are you listening to me? Yes. By reason of the fact that I'm the father of this church, I have a certain supernatural power. 
Yes, you may disregard me, you may ignore me, you may treat me anyhow, but it doesn't take away the fact that I have a particular, and I won't mention one, I have a particular supernatural power as a result of the fact that God used me to found this church. You look at your life and you'll be surprised that as a result of somebody bringing you into existence, he has a certain supernatural power over your life. You, you, you may ignore it. Their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. They were praying that I won't read that one. They refuse to do what I tell them. Verse 11. So in my anger, I took an oath. (laughs) Can you see? In my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Move on. Be careful then. Now this is where I'm drawing your minds to. So you, so he, he's referencing some people's story. Then he says, you now, be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Thank God there are brothers and sisters here. Be careful then, brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil. Stop there. So they had an evil heart while they followed God. So he's warning us who has come after them that we should be careful that we do not have our own hearts been evil. Be careful there. Make sure, make whatever you are doing in this church, make sure that you have dealt with the evil heart. Uh, the, the, the thing about evil heart is the career is the one, is the sufferer. I know you pretended you didn't hear, so I'm going to say it. I said the thing about evil heart is that the career of that heart is the sufferer. Yes. You are carrying an evil heart. You are the sufferer. Hmm. If you look at the things your heart tells you, even as I'm teaching now, your heart is still talking very loud. You are the one who is hearing the torment of your heart. Me, I'm speaking to you from a place of sincerity. Right now in your heart, there is asthmatic procedures going on. And the career of an evil heart is a sufferer. Your heart doesn't impact my life in any way. Thank God you are not God. The career of the evil heart is a sufferer. So he's saying, make sure 
I mean, when you are told, make sure. It means don't fail in doing this one thing. In doing what? In making sure that your heart is not evil. This is one prayer, if we are even honest with ourselves, we, we must pray. Lord, take away my evil heart. Take away my Instead of praying for money, 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 Lord, take away my evil heart. It should be the prayer you should pray. Because when you have a good heart, there are even some prayers you don't need to pray. Because God sees your heart. He knows what is in your heart. Are you listening to me? So make sure that your own hearts are not evil. You know, you look at people and they look very angelic. I'm saying it. You can't do anything. I said it about hardened hearts. I'm not saying it about evil heart. These people that look very angelic, but there is a world within that will shock you of the things their heart is able to conceive. Yes. You think by looking at somebody's face you can tell they are evil. You are a joker. Like all of you sitting here trying hard not to sleep. You all look angelic. In fact, the more you try to sleep, the more you look angelic. Some of you sleep alone. Not evil heart will prevent you from entering his place of rest. <laughs> Let's not even go to evil heart. <laughs> sleep. In these 14 days, you have to finish what you do quickly. Go to bed so you wake up. You understand Yes, useless socialization, chatting till 11, till 12. Then you come and sit here instead of focusing on the teaching of the word. You are using the teaching time to catch some sleep. Make sure that your own hearts... I wish you would stop thinking about sister A, sister B and start focusing on yourself. There are some people, they think God brought them to this church to be other people's police police, or detectives. When we are fasting, eh, you think, oh, yes, he said the church is fasting. Eh, I am what I need from God. Maybe you think that I'm doing this and doing because, oh, I'm just the pastor. You, you see me from that angle. It's because I also equally need God's touch. So when I am an individual paying the price for my personal breakthrough, you may not believe it, but that's how I see every fasting. Oh, he has said he, we are, he's, he's going to torture us for another fall. I am torturing myself. 
Because I need God in a way that you, you don't, you, you have no idea. And then someone is sitting in church with an evil, and then he says, unbelieving, an evil and unbelieving heart, turning you away from the living God. The danger with having an evil heart and an unbelieving heart is it will turn you away from God. If you like, don't deal with it. You, You join the statistics, oh, she has left church. You join the statistics. Oh, where is she now? Oh, now uh, she's 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 <laughs> let me not say it. Because some of you, you know a lot. I say some of you, you know a lot. And the danger in turning away from God is you're lost. (laughs) They have married you, but they don't know that you like witch doctors. (laughs) Do you understand? <laughs> I want to live long. I want to live long. Is my my mother prayed a very bad prayer. I think it affected her. Yeah. I want to live long. She didn't pray to live long. In her dressing mirror, I can always remember that she had a sticker. Lord, let my enemies live long to see what I... It's a very old sticker. They used to have it those days in the 80s and 90s. My mother had it on her dressing mirror. She shouldn't have prayed that prayer. She should rather have prayed, Lord, let me live long. Me, I want to live long. I'm, I'm not going to say, let my enemies live long. Me, I want to live long... And I want to see some things. And those of you think that, oh, oh, one day he will leave King. I am to the very last end. I am. I will live long to see. You don't know. I I will live long. My mother shouldn't have been interested. Let my Lord. Let my enemies. Leave. It was a green sticker. I. I have it in my mind. Green sticker. Lord, let my enemy live long to see what becomes of me or whatever. Or the prayer. <laughs> me, I want to live long. And I'm going to see the very end of all that. You see, you, tomorrow you take a decision. I'll live long. I want to see where that decision ends. I'm, I'm, don't start praying that I will die. I will return the prayer to you 20 times. You see that unbelief, as you sit here with unbelief, 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 it is hardening you more and then it will turn you away from the living God. 
Quick, go with me to move. You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. So clearly, you can see that hardening is as a result of sin. When you keep sinning, right? When you keep lying, like today's quiet time, which you are pretending you don't want to do. Hmm? What happens is that sin keeps hardening you. I, I, I don't have much wisdom in constructions, right? I don't have a lot of wisdom in constructions. But when they mix mortar, they want it to be hardened or concrete. I don't know what. But the essence of the mixture is for hardening. So there are elements like even water that impact on the hardening process. Did you understand? Our first president built um, a very long stretch of road um, leading to a place called Tema. It was a motorway. And they built it with concrete in the 50s. And that road is still there today. Only that lately it has developed some potholes. Even to fit, uh, fix potholes, they can't fix it. The current generation of leaders cannot even take care of potholes. You know, like somebody has done the work, just come and patch the pothole and leave it. I mean, a road like that is almost about 60 years old. And then now it has developed certain, just take care of it. They can't take care of it. You get it? So, that's how hardened concrete is. That is still lasting after how many years? Over 60 years. Do you get it? So, hardening, if you start the process of hardening, eh? you must finish them. <laughs> That's why it's better not to start the process than to start. Me, I'm going to be stuck stubborn. We'll see the end of it. Yes. So, he's warning us that we should not be deceived by sin. The, the thing about sin is the deceptive nature of sin. Sin has a certain deception about it. It's, it's, it will lie to you. Yes. It will lie to you. And then as it lies to you, it's hardening you against God. Verse 14. For if we are faithful, brothers and sisters, to the end, Trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Some of you, when you first came to this church, you had strong belief. Yes. Until the prophets of old started working on some of you. Yes. Now, your firm belief which you began with is no more firm. <laughs> yes. Some of you, you're only here because you, you haven't chosen where to go next. 
Yes. Yeah. The, the moment some people chose where they will go, they, they are there now. They've chosen where they will go. They are there now. Do you understand? Yeah, I don't know why you should waste time. Choose and go. Choose and go. Yeah, it's better that way. You just choose and go. Are you listening to me? Yeah. But if you're going to share in all that belongs to Christ, it's up to the very end. Yes. I want to die a saved man. Yeah. Not on your deathbed, you think of alcohol. When they say, oh, she has died, they are going to carry the body from a brothel. No, to the very end. Are you listening to me? To the very end. Yes. Verse 15. Remember what it says. Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your heart as Israel did when they rebelled. 16. And who was it who rebelled against God? Even though they heard his voice, wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? Those are the people. They even heard God's voice. <laughs> and they still rebel. They still hardened their heart. 17. And who made God angry for 40 years? Imagine a group of people can keep God angry for 40 years. Think about that. Is a one day, oh. just one day, no, 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 one week, no, one month. God was angry for one month. No, for 40 years, these people say, God will make you angry. I think I know where some people come from now. <laughs> I think I finally have discovered the secret. Yeah. Anybody who can keep God angry for 40 years. Because the nature of God is that he doesn't keep anger forever. That's one of the nature. He doesn't keep wrath or anger forever. These people made God angry for 40 years. Do you know 40 years? You don't know 40 years. Do you know 40 years? Four decades. (laughs) And God was angry for 40 years. Verse 18. And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they will never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? Now, let me quickly... um, Okay, verse 19, before I move to Numbers, I want to show you something in Numbers. So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. Unbelief, brothers and sisters, will keep you from receiving his promise. Careful. Unbelief. Never believing anything. Never believing anything. Anything you are taught, you don't believe. Shower, you won't shower. You, because of unbelief. Do this, you won't do it. Because of unbelief. Pray, you won't pray. Because of, read your Bible. You, because of unbelief, unbelief, unbelief. It will keep you from his promises. 
upon someone that shall go to do with the promises of God. I don't know. <laughs> I just have to mention it because it's part of the things I teach. Yeah, and if you just have belief, you say, ah, that's it. That's it. Me and water, we were enemies, but no more. Yes, that's, you see, start the process of removing unbelief from your life. Yeah, you, 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 may, you may be surprised. Is it like I've, I've taught you and taught you? Yeah, you, you are, you're, you're walking around here not listening. Then you come here and be shouting, Well, God, well, God. Look at this one. His father told him to shower. He didn't shower. Yeah. If you want to know how that impacts your relationship with God, he's looking at you and he's, oh, he's a, she's a stubborn child. He doesn't listen to his father. So you, even though shower has nothing to do with God, but a father or an authority has told you, I said, go and shower. Did you understand? And then he does his shower. Then he goes to his uncle. Uncle, give me 500. And uncle said, look at this stubborn boy. I heard your father told you to shower. You don't shower and you've come here to ask me for money. Will he, should his uncle give him? No. I don't know if you get the point now. Hmm. So when you are taught something, you don't need, there you come. Hey, God say, ah, this guy will choke. This guy will choke. Unbelief. Because when you hear the message, eh, and it doesn't enter you to change your heart, you start the process of hardening. Now you have been taught, you, oh, I won't do. Then now you are here, about to pierce God's eardrums. Then he looks at you and says, see this one. Unbelief. 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 And then it prevents you from entering his rest. Deal with unbelief. Go with me quickly to Numbers. Let me show you something in Numbers. Um, when I read this, I felt kind of sad when I read it. <laughs> Numbers chapter 20. Numbers 20 verse 22. I want to show you now. A pra- in the day, read the preceding verses, alright, before 22. In the course of the day. Will you do that? <laughs> They say, I will. Then they won't will. And then God says, you see, disobedience and unbelief. Whenever you won't do something, don't say, I will. Yeah. Many people don't know that's the most dangerous word in the marriage vow. Yeah, many people don't know it. I will. I will is an everlasting commitment. Yes. Yes. Oh, pastor, what are you talking about? It is is the same I will that put the children of Israel in trouble. When God wrote the law, and then he read it out, then he said, we will do. We will do. The people turned and started. That's the biggest problem Israel had. Yes. And it's also one of the things we cannot remove from the marriage vow. I will. 
I will. When you said it, then it dawned on me. They said they will. <laughs> and then they will not. Then Wahala starts. You get the point now? Yeah. You see, it's not because I'm seeing you not willing. I will. And then you are not willing it. But then God heard you when you said, I will. That's how powerful it is. I will. So when I read this, I kind of felt sad. The whole community of Israel left Kadesh and arrived at Mount Hor. This, this, we are dealing with mountains in this fasting. All right. So something took place on Mount Hor. Yesterday we saw what took place on Mount Nebo. Do you understand? Today, something else is taking place on another mount called Hall. How is that possible? (laughs) Are the spirits working in the church? (laughs) So, there on the border of the land of Edom, the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, the time has come for Aaron to join his ancestors in death. I said, when I read this, I felt quite sad. Yeah. I don't know, but I think God had a very special relationship with Moses and Aaron. Yeah. Because reading the Bible, two people, or maybe that's what God will do for some of us. You know, because we are leading very rebellious people. When we are about to die, he will inform us first. It could be the reward of being a leader of difficult people. Yeah. It, I think it makes sense. It's like they have suffered. So he so it's time. Moses, you're going to go. He did it for Aaron. Then he did it for Moses also. Do you remember he called Moses up to the mount? Charlie, you're going to go. You'll leave. I think it's the reward for being a leader a pastor of very difficult people. Yeah. Which means God will tell me when I'm going to leave. <laughs> because I've, in the Bible, how many people has God come to and so Charlie, your time is approaching, so come up to the mountain. I've, I've found a revelation. Genesis, uh, revelation. Who has God told? I think only these two guys. Yeah. It's because they led a group for 40 years. And God saw how they suffered. This guy who is about to die, the, pe- the church members turned him into a muganga for f- some few days. A whole priesthood. Anointed. Oil was poured on him. And the guy made an idol. I think this is special. Moses and Aaron are special. Yes. So the time has come. Moses will join his, uh, Aaron will join his ancestors in death. He will not enter the land I'm giving the people of Israel because the two of you rebelled against my instructions concerning the water at Meribah. Look at it though. 
God is calling Moses <laughs> and Aaron rebels. Where are they rebels? He says, I remember that thing that happened at the waters of Meribah. And that's why I'm t- telling you that in the course of the day, read the verses previous to this verse. All right? And you see that Moses, it was not in Moses' heart to disobey God. Or Aaron, but the people. Now God is saying, two of you. He's left this difficult people and he's holding the leaders accountable. Two of you rebelled against my instructions. Verse 25. Now take Aaron and his son Eleazar up Mount Hall. You see, the mountain top experiences are very unique. You understand? When God tells you, and this year he's going to tell us to come to the mountain. We have come, right? When they ask you, where are you going? Tell them, Charlie, I'm going up to the mountain. Yes. Yeah. Up to the mountain is where God is going to do something. Up to the mountain is where God is going to say something to you. I pray that before you leave this mountain, you hear God. I said, I pray that you will hear God before you leave this mountain. So it's beautiful. The mountain top experience. Take Aaron. He's telling Moses now. And then take his son, Eliezer. Charlie, you guys come up the mount. It's, it's like God talks to you when you are on the mountain. No wonder Jesus loved the mountains. Oh yes, he did. He would spend days, the night, praying on the mountain and then in the morning he would descend to the base of the mountain and the people would be waiting for him. Yes. We'll go in, into that in the course of this week. Now take Aaron, verse 26. There you will remove, I think it's the part that made me sad. You will remove Aaron's priestly garments and put them on Eleazar, his son. Aaron will die there and join his ancestors. Nobody is killing him. Do you understand? Like when I read it, I felt kind of sad. Imagine the process when they removed the then the Urim and the Tumim. And the priestly and then putting it. Why are you doing this to me, brother? So you are going to die here. I kind of felt sad. Like you know your death is imminent. Going up the mountain, Aaron is not going to come down. He's going, God says he will die here. And I don't think that pastoral ceremony is very, was a very nice one. You know, Eliezer looking at the father, he said, daddy is going to die. Why are you removing daddy's? Oh, he's going to die here. Hmm. Hey. Hmm. 28. 
So Moses 27, so Moses did as the Lord commanded. The three of them went up Mount Hod together as the whole community watched. Three of us will be fasting as the whole Nairobi is watching. They won't join the fast. 28. At the summit, that is at the top of the mountain, Moses removed the priestly garments from Aaron and put them on Eleazar, Aaron's son. Then Aaron died there on top of the mountain. And Moses and Eleazar went back down. So what happened was, as the priestly garment was removed, once it was taken, which makes me understand something about pastors. You see, God couldn't touch Aaron or death as long as he was priestly. Do you understand? It was God that determined, no, Charlie, it's time. So once the priestly garment was removed, is when Aaron died on the mountain. Do you understand? Yes. So three people went up the mountain. Two people went back down. What's the significance of what I'm showing you? On top of this mountain, you must kill the priestly office of unbelief. I'm a shepherd, but I don't believe. I'm a pastor, but I don't believe. Is when I start teaching, you don't know where he's heading. And then now, on top of the mountain, the priestly office, because that's what Moses and Aaron stood for. That's why I started from Hebrews and then I've reached here. On top of the mountain, this old priestly office must live your life. The unbelief, you're following God as a shepherd, but you don't have faith. You don't have unbelief. You see, faith is obedience. Obedience is faith. The moment they removed the priestly garment, that's where Aaron died. Yes. And then Moses and Eliezer went back down. Yeah. When the people realized that Aaron had died, all Israel mourned for him 30 days. When you die, they'll still mourn. Yes. Yes, I hear the the mourning period is shorter. (laughs) It's longer where I come from. Very long. Amen. They mourned for Aaron 30 days, even all the house of Israel. Amen. So we need to kill the priestly era of unbelief and hardening. Me, I am hardened against apostle. No, you are hardened against God. <laughs> Rise up on your feet, Jacinta. Let's pray. Today only me and Jacinta are coming to pray. 
I don't know if I'm the only one who gets that nice feeling when I'm teasing Jacinta. It's nice just teasing her. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe even the family do. It's like it's easy to pick on her. And it's nice. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> okay, we are not so... So you'll be moving, eh? I, I should just get into it. Okay. I think I was waiting to hear something. <laughs> Mercy. Lift up your hands and begin to give God glory. Give, it, give him praise. You've come to the morning glow. Give him praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Worship him. It is good to serve him, to worship him. Limbro som pare de taria agrezua capai. Alla make palava caparabo sambarahai. Elanda masumbre de skelevere suderia. Lord, we come before you. Le boshanda zuze bere de kebere de mala. Batugres cabala handias. Zumpra de I give you praise Lord I worship you from the depth of my heart from the depth of my soul I extol your name I hallow your name your name be lifted from the rising of the sun unto the setting of the same your name needs to be praised I praise you O Lord La yema summa la taya kapai Libo zumere dele makapadua Grazupa rede malamande yaba Ipado mareta to sambarabaha Kabegre simbro to stabaha Child of God pressing Give him worship, give him praise. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I exalt your name. I give you praise, King of kings, Lord of lords, the King of glory. You who sits on majesty on high, I give you praise. Luzupaya, Lempado Kapai, Lazumbra Karostabaria Andigre, Lusamparia Dadam. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, I want us to pray that God will open our eyes and our ears so we can receive wondrous things from Him. Amen. That's the essence of being on the mountain. All right. Is is beautiful when God opens your eyes. Yeah. A lot of people walk in the church blind. They can't see. They can't hear. They can't see what is happening. They can't hear what is happening. But it becomes wonderful the moment your eyes can open. You are seeing all right, oh. It's not like you are blind. You're seeing all right. I, I mean, you're seeing the chair. But you see, seeing the chair won't bless you. There is a particular thing your eyes can be open to see. 
and that changes your life. I don't know if you understand. Like you can see everything else except the one thing God wants you to see. You can hear everything except the one thing God will have you to hear. And that's the one you don't hear. And that's the one you don't see. And the reason we're praying this is because oftentimes the blindness and the deafness is what leads to hardening. I have a cousin who is deaf and dumb. Have you met those people? They are the most ragged human beings you can deal with. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's, yeah, my cousin. Yeah, that's my aunt, Aunt Agathe's daughter. <laughs> yeah, deaf and dumb. If you've interacted with deaf and dumb people, they are easily irritable. Always, is, I think the frustration comes from the fact that, do you know what I'm trying to say? I, that bottled up, pent up feeling becomes, they easily get angry and they react. You see, the reason you react in the church the way you do is because of your deafness and your dampness. This inability to hear leads to hardening. Inability to see, it leads to hardening. And then before you know it, you are reacting all over the place. So when I say that we should pray that you see and we should pray that you hear is one of the most powerful prayer points you can ever pray on this mountain. Amen. Lord, open my eyes. You are leading me, but I'm blind. Open my eyes. Open my ears. I want to hear. Lift up your right hand. Say this after me. Say, Lord, Open my eyes and ears to receive wondrous things from you on this mountain in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice and begin to pray right now. Lift your voice, pray right now. Lift your voice, pray right now. My father, my father, open my eyes on this mountain. My father, my father, open my ears on this mountain. Let 
Open thou my eyes that I may see. Open thou my ears that I may hear you, Lord. On this mountain, my Lord, 2023, open my eyes to see you clearly and my ears to hear you clearly in the name of Jesus. Open 
down my eyes, O God. Open down my ears, O Lord. Erico Zumbra Kapura Balabaraba. Erectolaba. Erectora Paria. Grasumpara Tariaba. Elabeaba. Aduna Makapaya Baba. Erico Zumba Zuatapea. Erico Zumbora Peria. Embrede Gresamparaba. Erapola Balabalabalaba. Abebaba. Abebaya Kapa. Abebaya Kapa. Abebaya Kapa. Abekaya Baba. Azekalulaba. 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 Embrade Carado Somparia. Embrade Grezu Capora. Reperia Taria Ziamazuze. Ezendele Mekeperia. Erreto Capula Bacapa. Erota Lamaya. Ekatemelekebe. Eronda Grezumbra Carotaba. Erepeleca Payababa. Erepora Capadianda. Embreta Calo. Atalima Mama. Pesaca Zumpazataya. Ezimbre Cabrelebe. Elula Manqueta Lalaba. Acadia Canda. Atandia Cadia. Acandia Candia. Acandia Candia. Acandia Candia. Paricosuparia. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, quickly, I want to show you so that we'll pray again. A lot of us don't know that blindness and deafness to God affects our restoration. Go with me to Isaiah 42, the verse 18. Amen. Hear ye, hear ye deaf. And look, ye blind, that ye may see. This mountain is beautiful. Who is blind but my servant? That's why you can't see when you're being instructed. Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf? As my messenger that I sent, who is blind as he that is perfect and blind as the Lord's servant, seeing many things, but thou observest not. So you see, but you don't observe. Huh? Opening the ears, but he heareth not. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. That is the Lord's righteousness sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes. They, and they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey. And none delivereth for spoil. And none saith restore. Who among you will give ear to this? 
who will hearken and hear me for the time to come? Who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? Did not the Lord, he against whom we have sinned, for they will not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient unto his law. So you can see how blindness and deafness cost, costed the children of Israel. Are you here? Therefore, he had poured upon him the fury of his anger and the strength of battle, and it has set on him on fire round about. Yet he knew not, and he bent him, yet he laid it not to heart. So some of us, we are being bent with fire, but we cannot even still lay it to heart. Careful. Blindness and deafness desensitizes you. Uh-huh. It desensitizes you until you reach a place you don't feel anymore. Careful. It leads to losses. I want us to pray that anything we have lost as a result of our blindness, a place we should have been by now, an advancement we should have had by now, but as a result of our blindness, and as a result of our deafness, we lost it. God should restore us on this mountain. If you're not interested in the prayer points, don't come. I said God will restore us on this mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Amen too, we should force you. <laughs> Lift up your right hand. Say this after me. Say, Father, anything I have lost... Any position of life I have lost as a result of blindness and deafness. Oh Lord, restore me on this mountain in the name of Jesus. Lift your voice and begin to pray right now. Yada Borama Zembereta Brezua, Razuka Reparepere Mandaraba, Erecopra Atunimelia Pire, Ereza Capere Perebere, Eracaluaba Grezia Pariaba, Erata Cabora Paria, Erepeleba Capayaba, Azambarabosh Coabarianda, Ebrade Greza. Paria, Erondaraba, Zambarabarabaraba, Arrecapoya Balaba, my father, my father, in a position of life lost to me, in a placement, Lord, due to my deafness and my blindness. Today, Lord, restore me on this mountain, restore. Me, Lord, on this mountain, in the name of Jesus, Lekea Bayakazamora Baraba, Ata Capea Balegraia, Erombe Capera, Azimazuza Zatazaba, 
Lord, restore my life on this mountain. Restore my life on this mountain. Ligae Matalia Grazut Paradaya. Irregetonamana. Areka Palamana. Amana Malamana. Alamana Manamana. Aramana Manamana. Aramana Manana. Aramana Manamana. Aramana Manamana. Aramana Manamana. Apea Capea. Erosingresinda. Arezanda Goberetebere. Limbroca Pona Parada. Isanda de Vesimbre Cateria Bai. Racobrada Rabara. Restore me, Lord. On this mountain, restore me, Lord. On this mountain, Likizumbadapale, Pritis Kavurepa Vera, Lumbolaba, Legebere, Lumpradas Katua Baria, Ereka Polapaya, Erabe Veleba, Erabe Vereba, Erabe Vereba, Erabe Vereba. In the Bakia Batia Kasumba, the Bore Paradebra, Raskambodabo Pala, the Bokape Lifa Bokabi, Avagrezatia, Rekoraborobari, Repetabarai, Retalabo Supra Kapaya, Repalia, Raperebareba, Arakosa Kazana.
I want us to pray that God will wake us up from any form of spiritual sleep, from any form of spiritual slumber, amen, so that we can put on the armor of light. Lift up your right hand. This is our last prayer. Say, Lord, is it when you're blind, you're also like someone who is perpetually asleep? Do you understand? Yeah, that's why this prayer is important. You want to be awake. Praise Lord. Alright, say this. Say, Lord, wake me up from any form of spiritual sleep and help me to put on the armor of light in the name of Jesus, lift your voice, begin to pray. Wake me up, oh God, from any form of spiritual sleep and slumber. My Father, my God, let me put on the armor of light. Wake me up, Lord, from any form of spiritual slumber. Wake me up, Lord, from any form of spiritual slumber. Jesus, Adebele, 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 Adebele,
Wake me up, Lord, from all forms of spiritual slumber. My Father, my God, in the name of Jesus, let me be clothed with the armor of light on this mountain. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. For there's something you're doing with us on this mountain. Our lives will never be the same. You're sharpening our eyes. You're sharpening our ears. Forever we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Please have your seats. The Lord bless you. Spend the day praying. Lord, open my eyes to see. Amen. Until we um, meet for the evening glow at 5 p.m. Amen. Have a blessed day. Amen.